Welcome. This is the Ag Engineering Podcast, where we talk tools, tips, and techniques to improve the sustainability of your farm. I am your host, Andy Chamberlain, from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is supported by Northeast SARE, providing grants and education to advance innovation in sustainable agriculture. We're trying to improve the industry by chatting with farmers and getting their input on tools, tips, or techniques that have changed the way they farm for good. Many of these practices affect multiple areas of the farm. Whether it be environmentally, emotionally, physically, or financially, we share the knowledge to promote sustainable agriculture, lifestyle, and business. Thanks for having a listen. Now, let's get started. Today's episode comes to you from Middlesex, Vermont, where we talk with Patrick Sullivan of Ananda Gardens. He and his wife have been farming the last five years, and they're growing one and a half acres with about a quarter under high tunnels. They're in zone four, just outside of Montpelier, Vermont, and their markets are 150 member CSA. Last year, they were over 50% restaurants and wholesale markets, but that pivoted this year and is only about 25% of their business. This year, their gross sales are looking to hit just about $175,000. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. So if you could describe your farm in one sentence, what would you say? Uh, Vermont's wellness farm. That's, uh, that's our motto, uh, producing healthy food and living soil for our community. And we also... Um, yeah, we also say that we produce, you know, the same food that we grow to feed our kids and our family. We produce that for our community. So that's that's a huge motivator to, um, yeah, to produce really healthy food, uh, something that, that we feel comfortable feeding to our family, uh, that that same quality goes out to our to our community, to our customers. That's a, a good motto to have for sure. Today's episode, we wanted to learn a little bit about uh, Patrick and his farm and uh, get into a little bit more details uh, about him. So uh, first question here today is, if you could tell me about a time when you felt really challenged farming. Sure. Um, I wanted to check with my wife about um, before I answered this question, because, you know, there's a lot of um, smaller challenges that we deal with. Uh, and yeah, somebody who's been farming alongside of me, alongside of our business, I wanted to check in with, and she immediately uh, had the response that, you know, what our biggest challenge is. Um, we were public with it last year, so I feel comfortable talking about it. Um, but last year, we had quite a different scenario than um, what I had described this year as. Uh, at the end of last year, we grew we grew two acres of hemp under contract for a business called CBD Vermont, which no longer exists in that name. But at the end of the season, uh, we were one of two two out of about twelve farms that actually they came to harvest, and we were given a bad check. So uh, we were given a bad check for fifty thousand dollars, which was almost you know, which was a huge percentage of what we were going to do last year. It was not quite half, but close to half of our gross sales last year were going to come from this hemp crop. Uh, we had put 
a lot, a significant amount of money into fertilizing the field, growing cover crops the year before. We put out an irrigation system because that was part of our contract to have the crop irrigated, uh, which we wouldn't have done otherwise, but just to make sure on our end we were covered. So that was a significant expense. Um, plus all of, yeah, just all the time communicating with the owner of this company. And a couple things happen, but um, as to why, and in the end, you know, I think most of the farmers came to the conclusion that we'll never know the full story, but we we had a bad check for $50,000, and a lot of that we had already spent. Um, we were really counting on that money, and there was nothing we could do. <laughs> so we ended last year in a significant amount of debt uh, because of, yeah, that unfortunate scenario uh, that happened to us. So that really, from a challenge perspective, that was the biggest single challenge we've faced on the fourth year into business to have something like that happen to us. Um, yeah, knowing how to manage it both financially and also emotionally, because it was a lot of stress on my family. It was a lot of stress for all the people involved. We had a three-day-old baby uh, when this company, when the owner came to harvest our crop. So we also, you know, we were at a time in our family and our family was growing uh, and yeah we really had to respond to that challenge uh, and I'm, I'm glad you know I think we had to look for the ways that it helped us as a business and as people in order to get through it uh, but it presented a number of significant challenges so that is definitely the time we've been most challenged. Wow yeah you're right I'd Remember hearing about that last fall, and and I, I knew you at this time. I was like, "Holy cow, that's big!" Because you were growing hemp, kind of like to the best of your abilities. You you had a contract, you had a buyer lined up. Like a lot of a lot of people in the growing hemp, like just didn't even have a buyer. They didn't even talk to anybody, you know. So like from the perspective, like you were doing the best you can. You had something lined up. Like you, I mean, you you got a check. Like the you know a lot. So many people didn't even have the opportunity to get that and to have a $50,000 check bounce is uh, definitely not cool. And I, I remember the the news reports coming out and the, the other farm who um, was across the state growing for the same company. Um, it was also a large, well-known, responsible grower. Um, and to have this happen is just like, so not okay. <laughs> It was it was pretty um, devastating. We I mean <laughs> we we got into it uh, the year before because living in central Vermont, uh, I really got into farming, wanting to grow food, and my knowledge base was in food. But we saw this as an opportunity to we just bought our own farm, uh, had significant amount of expenses uh, that were new from you know when you move from lease land to owning farmland. There's just a, a set of expenses that you never even knew existed. Uh, so we were looking to grow our market and grow. It seemed like a good fit. We did it in 2018, uh, a quarter acre, no, a half acre and got paid. Uh, we had a really nice crop. So they offered us two acres and we jumped at the opportunity. Uh, and yeah, as a way to really 
Yeah, we wanted we wanted to take a be able to take a vacation at the end of the year. We wanted to really be on a sound financial foot, and that was you know a way we could do that. So we jumped at the we jumped at it, and uh, yeah, it's totally unfortunate that it didn't work out. It was something that none of us could have ever expected, uh, and we got a lot closer to. Um, a lot of the farms that were involved with this scam, because it was really a, it was a scam, it was a fraud, and it was equally devastating to recognize that even though we had a signed contract, it really didn't mean anything. A signed contract is only as good as the people who sign it. If you don't trust them, then you, and we know now hindsight is 2020, but you shouldn't enter into a contract with someone you don't trust because. Legally, there was really no route for us. Um, the guy who scammed us claimed that he didn't have any money. The lawyers told us that even though it was $50,000 that we were owed, I mean, we would have been looking at twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 of legal fees going after somebody who had claimed that they had $17 in their bank account when they were arrested for this. Um, and now is you know has posted a ten thousand dollar bail, so they did post a ten thousand dollar bail, or someone did for this person, and we've never seen we didn't see a penny of that. We never there was there was no help from the state. Um, there's basically when a fraud happens to an individual, there's a fund, uh, but if something happens to a business, there's really no financial resources available. Uh, so we just had to eat the money that we put into the crop, take out a loan uh, to cover our two different loans to cover our debts that we incurred because we were counting on that money. Uh, our family was growing and we decided to yeah, finish the second floor of our farmhouse so we could have bedrooms. Uh, and um, we had to cover that and we had to cover our line of credit that we had built another greenhouse for. So it was a lesson we, you know, in hindsight, we shouldn't have spent money that wasn't ours to begin with, but we had a signed contract. It had worked the year before, and we really were confident to us. I mean, the lawyers had looked at the contract. We really thought we were going to get paid. And, yeah, so it was it was quite devastating, uh, and we really needed to just move on from it, you know, after a certain amount of time realized that there wasn't too much left to do and we could either kind of live in the um, unfortunate or awfulness of the situation or we could move on as a farm and as a family. And so we kind of chose to move on as soon as we realized that there wasn't much more we could do. Yeah, and it just stings even worse because you, you did start small and you did get paid the year before. So like you were you know, building that momentum and relationship with this client and to have that carpet ripped out from under you, just woof. Uh, but what, what an opposite, uh, a roller coaster <laughs> this has been. That happened about right. a year ago. And then you just shared the story of how 2020 has been like the best year ever on your farm. So, wow, that's, uh, it's a wild ride for your you and your family. Yeah, and looking back, I mean, we really wouldn't have been ready for this year had not the the you know crime happened the year before. Um, you know, we wouldn't. I think from a production standpoint, we wouldn't have had we not expected that check to come in. We wouldn't have put up another greenhouse. 
we wouldn't have made some progress on our wash station that we made. And also, I think the, yeah, we wouldn't have been at the same kind of momentum with the amount of work we were doing. So not having that two acres of a hemp crop, we were able to just transition and spend more time uh, tending our vegetables, which we were doing well with anyway. Um, so we were able to just kind of shift focus. And we, so I think in a certain way, we wouldn't have been able to have this year had 2019 not happened. So it was, you know, we really wish that it wasn't so much of a roller coaster, but it did work out in the end. It has worked out. And th- that right there is a powerful thing as well. I mean, that is a huge devastation, but to have the mindset to realize that it, in a way it still set you up for success that, you know, you got more, more than that $50,000, you know, this year in, in return. And, um, it was rough, but, to, but to be able to have the headspace and stability in, in you and your wife's mind to, to work through it and, and get, get to get through that and see the benefits that came from last year is really strong and, and says a lot about who you guys are as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, you know, what you just said about the mindset now we have that as a reference too. No matter what is happening on our farm, we can always reference back and think like, "Oh, but it's nothing compared to what happened last year with the hemp." As I was talking about before we went on the air, uh, we're putting up a new greenhouse, and we've just we didn't get a complete greenhouse kit. That when you buy a greenhouse, you really think the whole thing is going to come. But three times we've gone to um, make progress, and the part hasn't been there, and we have to wait. Um, for the part to come and winter is upon us and, you know, to have the perspective that, well, in the end, yeah, this is a pretty tricky, difficult, unexpected situation, but it's nothing compared to what happened last year. So we're going to be fine. <laughs> that that alone <laughs> was worth it. You know, because in the end, yeah, really what we have is mentality. Of course, we really need our community. We really need support on the farm. There's so many factors, but I think the mindset is poof is about the biggest asset we can have which i learned yeah early on kind of when i was in my t- early 20s got to meet quite a few different farmers in vermont and it was something that i recognized early on like how man all these people have a certain mindset uh that things don't get them down they're able to just go out every day and if a problem happens, they just work to resolve it. They don't dwell on it. And that really impacted me that, you know, you need a certain mindset. And so um, we have, you know, actively worked to cultivate that over the years. Learning to roll with those punches. Um, Did you grow any hemp for yourself or for the community this year? Or is that a bad accident? that you? Not a chance. We, We did not grow any hemp. Uh, we do not want it on the farm. We were asked, you know, now that, uh, THC, uh, marijuana is legal. Would we have any interest in that? Like, no way. Uh, we just, we don't want our family around it. It brings in a whole different subset of people. Um, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of good people in that area, but also, um, you know, there's a lot of dark money and, and, 
and CBD and THC, and we just we want to we want to grow food for people, and we want to focus on what we love doing. So we are not growing any CBD, and we do not expect to in the future. After an experience like that, I I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, I I would say that's probably quite one of the largest uh, challenges that that you could face farming. Uh, is there any other things that uh, even come close to that, or anything else you'd like to share um, related to challenges um, in farming as a career? Uh, I think challenges are something you've got to embrace in this career uh, because, yeah, from a production standpoint, there are always challenges with crops. You need to anticipate them and, oh, just not beat yourself up about things or, uh, yeah, or take it too hard. You've just got to go out there and try again. I mean, I can't begin to think over the course of five years plus my experience before starting this farm how how many crop failures we've had uh how much potential income we lost uh there's just there's been challenges as far as weather or not watering something enough it doesn't germinate and i don't know say there's five hundred dollars down the drain you just you know you really work to um not have that happen, but especially starting a farm, those types of things are going to happen. And they still, um, you know, they're still happening. They're happening a lot less, but we water something with too much fish emulsion in it in the greenhouse and we lose a bunch of greenhouse peppers that happened this year. It was totally unexpected. Um, but rather than put your head down you just need to like okay so this is where we're at now and what what can we do to um move forward from where we're at so i think cultivating not yeah i mean i mean not embracing challenges but being okay with them and uh look yeah looking forward to resolving issues uh rather than when the irrigation springs a leak yeah being upset about it and kicking the dirt, you really just need to walk out there and fix it. And then in the, in the long haul, it, you know, it takes whatever it takes to fix it. And then it feels, and then you feel great that you just fixed it rather than if you sit there worrying about it and which I definitely have done, but over, over time you learn to just, okay, take action. You know, if something goes wrong, take a breath, think about it a minute, but take some action and start rolling the ball in the right direction. So I think that's, that's really necessary to run a farm. And we bought an old farm. Uh, so we bought an old farmhouse, an old barn, and there have been significant challenges in rehabbing or um, renovating. So I think to expect with the, uh, you know, with building projects, especially when you're um, reworking something that's already been built, you need to expect a certain amount of challenges that things are, some things are going to go, most things are going to go over budget because the second you start tearing something out to uh, rebuild or uh, renovate, you know, you, you find things that you weren't expecting. 
So you need, buying an old farm, I think you need to anticipate those challenges uh, and just constantly have a desire to learn because we can we can just what we can do as farmers is um, learn to kind of get better learn every year learn to do things better never be settled for necessarily the way we're doing things just always look for uh, a new way that can make it easier for us and so I think that's another part of challenges that you really need to embrace a certain mentality of of yeah looking beyond the challenge and make it make everything we can easier aside from getting involved in a fraud case and um letting life experiences build you up uh do you have any suggestions or or what do you do to help manage stress in difficult situations or how do you train your mindset to to get as tough as nails and to deal with those punches when when life comes at you how do how do you deal with that or how do you well how do you recommend I, somebody i don't claim to be as gets- tough as nails i definitely have weaknesses like everyone i mean we're all human and complex um i rely uh i've got a great support network my family is awesome so being able to walk through things you know my partner is got a really positive mindset so I would first and foremost say she helps me look at things in a positive light rather than, um, yeah, get down on it. I would also say reading. Uh, there's there's a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck, who was a Stanford professor that did a lot of research on mindset and talks a lot about grit. So, build, you know, we have this idea that geniuses were just born child geniuses, but if you look at um, people who are really successful, they have a lot of grit, so they fail all the time, um, but they constantly get out there and keep trying. So I think reading about that kind of mindset, because it's not something that I was just born with, uh, has been really helpful. Um, talking with my family and having a good support network has been really helpful. I also lived abroad. My wife is from El Salvador, and our first daughter was born there. We lived there for a couple years, and I I just go back to how resilient people are there. Uh, literally, there's a huge earthquake, and 5 a.m. the next morning, people are like out walking to work. So it is such a vulnerable place. It's a country that's had um, so many hard cards dealt. Uh, it's you know gone through civil war a really fragile uh, environment. It's a really deforested country, and yet people are happy. Uh, people are happier and more willing to talk with you there than I've found that generally people are in this country. People are just constantly looking to reinvent themselves and get ahead and no matter kind of what cards you're dealt. And so, I, you know getting out of the context of where I grew up and experiencing other places in the world where people have that mentality has definitely been enlightening and it's pretty mind blowing um, to just witness the level of resiliency that some people have. And so it, in the context of what we're doing, it just really helps put it into perspective that the issues that we're dealing with are not that big. A lot of people 
uh, just go through unimaginable challenges every day and they continue waking up and trying. So that as well has, you know, been pretty formative in where we're at now. Well, thanks Patrick for opening up and sharing your mindset and perspective on challenges. I think it's, um, it, it takes a lot to share stories like this and it's, it's super appreciative, um, that, that I know the listeners, uh, like, like to hear stories of what other people are going through and, and how they manage that stress. So thanks for sharing. And, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Is there anything else, uh, you'd like to share? Um, just, I hope that people could glean whatever they can and it's been of some use, uh, us, yeah, me sharing our experiences and thanks for also, thank you, Andy, for having curiosity and asking us and presenting the opportunity to share. So it goes both ways. If people want to, uh, find and follow along with you or reach out with questions, how can they do that? Oh, through our website. Uh, anandagardens.com uh, our emails are on there and yeah there's we're we're not big social media um we're not really tapped into social media so i think following us on our website or email uh, or giving us a call is the best way to reach out thanks for listening to today's episode if you learned something today or plan to make a change on your farm let me know I'd love to receive any feedback you have. Just click the link in the description to submit the form. It will help the future of this podcast to be a resource that is helpful for you. And while you're at it, I hope you go ahead and subscribe, share this with a friend, or leave a comment. And if you want more information, check out the show notes on our website at agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day. The proceeding has been a production of University of Vermont Extension. For more information on Extension, log on to www.uvm.edu/extension.